Hi, everyone. Welcome to Rocket Accelerated. Wow. that that We're off to a great start today, guys. <laughs> Good job, Simone. Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort. I'm a video editor at Pixelkin.org, and I'm joined today by Christina Warren, senior tech correspondent at Mashable, and a very special guest replacing, once again, the absent Brianna Wu. We are joined by Sabrina Wood, co-founder and designer at Cerebral Gardens. Welcome to Rocket. Hello. It's so nice to be here. I- hey, I, I should have said welcome to Thunderdome again. That was a good <laughs> That was a good one. Yeah, that was a really good joke. I loved that. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Um, yeah. So how, how, how do you how do you feel being on Rocket today, Sabrina? I feel really good about it. Um, I'm feeling like there's a lot to talk about and uh, we should probably just dig dig in. What do you well, think? Do you want to talk a little bit about what you do first and who you are and why yeah, I'm for so sure. excited that you're here? I'm super excited that I'm here because, um, well, I'm uh, my husband and I run an indie uh, game dev studio. We make iOS and Mac apps for, um, you know, enterprise, and we we like to work on some of our own little hobby apps, mm-hmm. which um, we are currently um, ready to release. Rudoku, which is um, a great uh, logic and numbers game for casual iPhone gamers. So it's definitely um, a brain stimulating game. And it's nice because you can make it as easy or difficult as you like. And um, we feel like we struck the right balance between minimal design and subtle sounds and animations um, just to, you know, because you don't want to be annoyed when you're playing a game. You want something nice and breezy. And um, we have uh, one price. It's $1.99. No in-app purchases. Pay once at play. So I'm looking at Sudoku, the at the yes. picture of it, and it's like Sudoku, but with hexagons and lots of numbers, and it looks <laughs> terrifying. It is. It's it's it sounds like Sudoku. Um, it's the name's actually kind of like a portmanteau of uh, Rukaku, which is a hexagon in Japanese, oh. and Sudoku, which is. Sudoku. Sudoku. <laughs> Which is like the perfect way. I'm playing the game as as we're discussing this right now and I'm trying to figure it out and I'm sucking at it. Um, mostly because I can't fully concentrate on the game and, and you guys. But that is like the perfect combination of what it is. Yeah, and basically it's actually not a lot like Sudoku, but basically what you're trying to do is... is- this the way the game is set up is there's there's clusters of numbers that surround a main number and it's your target number that all those numbers need to equal. Oh. So you have to basically each cluster which is shared with another cluster. So if you change one number it may affect a different cluster, oh, but there each puzzle is solvable and I would suggest starting on easy levels, which is, is what I'm still working on. Yeah, awesome. I, I, I'm almost there. Yeah. I'm like, I've almost got it. You know um, what? It'll click and you'll just be like, oh, I get it now. And then when you get to the harder levels, you're like, oh, my God, this is I'm not sure. I love that. I love that feeling when you're you're completely stuck and you've hit the wall and then suddenly it, it all just it opens yep. up and you're like, yes, yeah, exactly. It's like that's well, how you that's kind of how I felt. So I'm hoping that that uh, people who try the game feel the same way. Well, I love <laughs> puzzle games and I'm already I, I think that, it, that it's, it's design is really smart. I, I play puzzle games all the time. Like my go to game, you know, for when I'm 
in a meeting and in if it's not something like peggle or or cookie jam which is my life um or, or something <laughs> like that like like i play threes constantly you know and 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 oh, um, i love threes i play threes, threes like all the time i mean that's just kind of one of those games that i that i do i can see myself doing doing this now and i've played dots and all those and i i yeah. anything you know i i used to buy sudoku books the reason i stopped buying them and and i disagree i think it's enough like sudoku just in terms of trying to everything has to add up oh things can only go yeah. in one place i guess that's my sudoku like element but i used to uh yeah. buy sudoku books but then i just got too good at them so it was just <laughs> stupid for me to like and buy this them is kind of like the next level yeah so yes. i think you can i think you could you know you really feel like your your brain's getting a workout when you're doing it and i love yes. games like that so i was because alpha omega is another game that i've played a lot which is like a reverse crossword puzzle kind of game where you have clues um where you have to both figure out the words that are the clue and then figure out the answers and you can only oh. move tiles like one at a time so it's right. It's it's really smart. Uh, it's called Alpha and Omega. But uh, so tell us a little bit about the process of how you made the game. Well, it um, it, it kind of uh, started out as this sort of idea, and, and my husband coded together a really rough version of it just to kind of show me because at first I didn't understand what the hell he was talking about I was like what do you mean these <laughs> hexagons and these numbers and what math ah but anyway um so it kind of started off like that and then we saw that it worked because at first we weren't sure that it was actually even possible to have all the uh puzzles be solvable and we're like if people get stuck this is going to be a problem because right. we need to make sure that you can solve every puzzle and um so we sort of you know we had to uh tweak it from there. And then um, working on the interface, it was sort of um, tough because I, I wanted it to be really simple because it's a simple concept. And I didn't want to, I feel like a lot of games sometimes are over um, designed for what they kind of need to be. Like, I really like um, the, uh, the new uh, pop the lock kind of look like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm into the flat design. I like it still. I, you know, I do like a bit of um, the skeuomorphic design thrown in there, which I've designed apps that are, if you check out our other app, Wordology, it's a totally different design. Um, and, you know, there's benefits to both. So with this yeah. one, I felt like, you know, simpler was better, subtle sounds. I was inspired a lot by the sounds in games like Monument Valley and Bonza, oh, like really kind of, you know, um, just ambient kind of zen, mm -hmm. relaxing sounds which I wanted uh to be part of the game too so the process was uh it took you know we work on it in our spare time and um so it's been it's been a bit of a process you know sometimes weeks or a month would go by where we wouldn't even have a chance to work on the game so we're just really happy to be shipping it and we love when we get a chance to get our own apps out and get them into the store and now we're actually working on a um tv os uh version for apple tv so yeah, that's that should exciting. be very exciting and designing for uh tv os just just for a note yeah that's got to be different a lot different it's from, different for the yeah. mobile yeah really different um there's a lot to um when you look at the human interface guidelines from apple there's definitely a lot of um different things to factor in that we haven't seen before. So mm -hmm. um, like the 3D buttons and um, a lot of different um, sizing that you need. Yes. And um, the 1X is throwing me off because we've been so used to working at 3X. <laughs> <And> so <it's, laughs> I was going to say, uh, you know, it's an adjustment. I was going to say, because what's interesting about, I would think designing for the TV from like a, a, a design perspective is that, you know, your pixel size is actually like your, your, like the, the canvas you're working on, your resolution is actually lower in some cases than, than what oh, you've I been know. using Sometimes on, on, looking 
right? Yeah, you're looking be- at it. And it's like this looks terrible. Right, <laughs> because because, because <laughs> you have right, but but you know? at the same time, it's got to be like a ten foot viewing period, like like size. Oh. So so it's so your resolution is like uh, you know nineteen twenty by ten eighty, but although it has to also scale for for seven twenty, um, uh, you know p, but but um, I I, I would or twelve eighty by seven twenty, but I have to wonder like. How how is that like going from developing for these retina screens, then developing a bigger UI for a, a lower resolution? It's it's totally different, and it's it's definitely you know the other thing too is you're trying to um, when you're looking at usable space like screen space because there's a lot of. Um, guidelines you have to follow there of what's going to get cut off with a lot of these parallax displays and things like that certain aspects of the artwork won't be seen at times so you have to factor a lot of different things into the design which we've never really had to deal with before Mm -hmm. so um yeah it's it's um and and they want to keep it really simple and um our biggest um challenge we're discovering right now is controls we're working with the remote and um we're working with it, but we we're trying some different uh, game controllers as well that mm-hmm. we're hoping to be able to integrate into the um, use of our games because the remote is a little bit limited. So Interesting. we're working through that. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a big learning curve, and um, you know we're just playing with it for now. But we're hoping in the next uh, probably one to two months we'll have that shipped. That is awesome. So and what pretty we're gonna, exciting. What we're going to do in the show notes is drop a few codes for Redoku. Absolutely. Kind of a first come first serve basis. So if yeah. anyone wants to check it out, you can yeah. you can do that and you should do that. You, you should, should do that. You should fight each yeah, other do for that. Right to do, do that. that. <laughs> and Christina and I will be sitting here with our first come first served privilege um, <laughs> playing it and uh, asking for help probably. I know. I, I, I absolutely actually, love games like this. I fought for a hints button, and 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 oh. my husband fought me on it to the bitter end. And I said, "Okay, fine." You lost. Okay, well, we'll see. I'll, I'll give him a piece of my mind if I get stuck. <laughs> we'll I'll, I'll get back to you like next week or something. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. So things that happened this week: new IMAX are here. Christina, you got to get hands on with them and unbox their hefty selves. I did. I did. How did that go? Well, as I said in my video, you know, uh, it's sweater weather. It's October. It's time for sweater weather and a new IMAX season. So um, Apple uh, actually introduced two new IMAX. So the first one, the biggest difference, I did not review this one. I'll explain why after I kind of go through my spiel, was the new 21 and a half inch 4K iMac. So last year, Apple introduced the first their first 5K iMac, their first Retina iMac, uh, the 27 inch with, with 5K Retina display. This year, they released a 21 and a half inch 4K model. So it's actually, historically, what they've done to do Retina is they've doubled the screen resolution, but this time... They actually a little bit more than doubled it because the, the 21 and a half inch before was 1920 by 1080. So it's now f- true 4K, which is like 4082 by something that I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't have the, the, the pixel dimensions memorized um, because I'm a bad person. Why? But um, oh I, I, I know. That's uh, 4082 <laughs> by 2264 or something, I think. Anyway, um, so they uh, it's a little bit more than double the resolution, but they it's a 4K panel and a 21 and a half inch display. So it's got a really nice you know, pixel density. It looks really good. Um, it, it's interesting, I think, to kind of see Retina on a screen of that size because it's always interesting kind of looking 
at that sort of stuff up close because when we're with our phones and our tablets, you know, like it makes sense. And even laptops, you know, it makes sense to have these high resolution displays. But when you have mm-hmm. it on a desktop, which is something you typically sit a little bit further back from, it's um, I personally love the experience, but it's it's a little bit jarring. So that display is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, they have a couple of different configurations. It starts at $14.99. Um, it does not have the latest. It has the latest Intel mobile processors that were available, which are still on Broadwell. But the, the Skylake processor which have just started shipping in mobile are not um, in it. So the main reason I didn't review that model, even though it was obviously the the new configuration, was that I wanted to review, I had the option of that or I had the option of reviewing the new 27-inch and the new 27-inch was using the the Skylake uh, chipset and Mm -hmm. I wanted to review the latest Intel chipset uh, because we haven't had a Skylake Mac yet. So that was the reason I chose um, the the 27-inch. But but the 21.5-inch, you know, it looks like a really great device. It's bringing Retina into, from on the desktop perspective, much more affordable. Um, I will Mm -hmm. note a criticism that other people have, have lobbed, including um, Andrew Cunningham at um, Ars Technica, um, and I think this is a very valid one, is that the $1499 base price for the 21.5-inch iMac still only gets you a 5,400 RPM hard drive, uh, Mm -hmm. which in, you know, uh, 2015 is a little bit insane. I I think that they need to make the Fusion Drive standard. Um, On the 27-inch iMac, it's the same thing. The $1799 new price point, it's uh, still an RPM-based, still a, 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 um, you know, a hard disk um, hard drive, not not an SSD, but mm-hmm. um, if you if you pay two hundred dollars more in addition to getting the better GPU, you also get the Fusion Drive. So, um, can you speak to why they did that at all? Because I know that this is this is a new price point for yes. the, the IMAX, and it, it I think it probably opens it up to a broader market. But yes. if the experiences of if people are having a slow experience opening apps, that right. that's just not good. That's not what you expect from no, such a high quality machine. It's not what you expect, no. and I think it kind of maybe goes to a couple of things. So one, I think maybe they're looking at who is upgrade. If you're upgrading from an old iMac to this iMac, and your iMac didn't have a Fusion Drive or an SSD, then I don't think you're actually going to notice anything being slower. But if you're uh-huh. going from using, you know, a MacBook Air or a MacBook Pro with an SSD, yeah, you'll notice that you see, you know, the the um, the, the pinwheel uh, a little, the beach ball a little more often. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I think they getting I think they really wanted to get into that price point to the to to the extent that e- like and and the prices are a lot lower. Like speaking of the twenty seven inch, which was the one I reviewed, you know, a year ago when it came out, it was twenty four ninety nine, and this year the model I reviewed, which was sells for two thousand um, dollars, so I reviewed the one with the Fusion Drive, um, had almost identical performance to the one that came out a year ago. Um, it's a slightly lower clock speed. Um, on on the but uh, because it's the new Skylake uh, chipset, it basically had the same performance as last year's model. So for the for it to go down in price, five hundred dollars in a year. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. It's pretty that. awesome. And, and I don't think that's an outrageous price for everything you're getting. No, I don't the, either. Yeah, I mean, I and I I don't even think that you know like the the fifteen ninety nine or sixteen ninety nine or whatever it is for the twenty one and a half inch. I don't think that's a problem. I just wish that on the especially on the twenty one and a half inch, starting that that, that fourteen ninety nine point, I wish they would have upgraded the hard drive. Um, I but I but I feel like if you're getting into that, you know, basically the fact they're getting sub two thousand dollars for a five K display, even if you are going to complain about the hard drive, like. That's really impressive. It's clear that Apple really wants to go mobile. What they've also, I mean, not mobile, they really want to go Retina everywhere. What they've mm-hmm. also done this year, in addition to, you know, the new chipsets, um, is that the color gamut is now wider is on, on the displays. And that's a hard thing to kind of show the difference at. You really need to see 
um, photos before and after. And but when I, I, I was able to, to do that and the difference, once you see it, it's hard to not see it. So um, you it, said you wanted to crawl inside your computer. Yes, and I would live inside of it. I do. It, I do. The, the colors are just <laughs> unreal. Um, so it has a 30 percent more, uh, you know, a, a white or 25 percent more color space. So it's um, uh, it's P3 rather than sRGB. And, um, you know, that's probably only going to make a difference for people who are doing photography or high-end video work. But for regular users, even like it just looks incredible. Reds, especially, you can really see more detail also with greens. And that's because historically, most displays are calibrated to be more blue intent. So, you know, you tend to see blue colors more, but the way that they've done their, their, how their, their LED pixels are, are working and, and it's all more too advanced for me to adequately explain or, or frankly, even completely understand. Um, mm-hmm. It really, you know, pushes the the boundaries of what you can see, and so um, the experience is awesome. Like I watched Inside Out on the on the five K. Oh my gosh, iMac, and that oh, was an that amazing experience. Amazing. It was, and I have to say, the first time I saw that movie was at um, CinemaCon, and I saw it in HDR. So Dolby actually brought in all their stuff and, and showed it off in, in in their HDR experience. So I literally saw it in the best possible experience I could have in the theater. Um, and I have to say, though, that the home video experience, I mean, obviously, it wasn't as good as that, clearly, but it was <laughs> fantastic. It was unreal. And and it was the, that and that's the sort of movie with those colors that really shows off the power of those displays. And so um, the, my, my kind of bottom line takeaway was this is still the best all in one you can buy. Now it has an even better screen and a lower price point. So. There, I'll quibble with maybe the fact that they're not giving everybody a, a fusion drive, you know, like as default. Like I would like them to maybe just not even give you the option to not do anything else, even if it meant coming in maybe a couple hundred, like a hundred dollars higher. But I do feel like still uh, these are the best machines, um, all in one machines anyway on the market, and the screen can't be beat. And well, and a- that seems oh, to be the co- sorry about that. I was just going to say that it's. I was reading the roundups um, online of all the reviews, and the consensus like is just focusing on how impressive the screen resolution and, and display quality are. Um, that seems to be what everyone's kind of taking away from it, how huge that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, and, and, and again, I mean, I honestly think it's really impressive that a year ago, like I said, you know, it was it was $2,500 just to get in the door. And now the fact that you have a 4K available for 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 $1,500 and, and a 27-inch and a five k available for $1,800 is really impressive. Um, just to show just kind of, I mean, the fact that when you look at how much 5K standalone displays are going for, um, it, it's kind of insane. If you still look for how much a good 4K monitor goes for, you know, you might as well just buy the new iMac. It, so it, it's um, for the value that you're getting, you're getting a really nice computer and a and a really tremendous mm-hmm. display. Now, you mentioned that you also played some games on it. How did those I, I know the Mac isn't like the best machine for gaming, but the display that must have been gorgeous. How did that yes. work out for you? Oh, it, it fantastically. You know, I mean, and again, the Mac isn't like the best gaming platform. and I didn't have um, enough time to really install Windows on it and go through that. But no, I mean, I, I played Tomb Raider and, and I played um, uh uh, Arkham City and, and and a couple other things. And, you know, you know, just it looks great. That's nothing to sneeze at. Those are pretty robust games. They are. They are. And it, and it held up great with them. Um, you know, you could go higher, lower res to kind of depending on, um, you know, what your what you wanted your frame rate to be. But even above, like even if I didn't have it at the true like like 5K, you know, had mm-hmm. it set a little bit below, it still just looked unreal. And then the colors especially, you know, just really, really fantastic stuff. Nice. So the thing that excited me the most probably as a person who's 
still uses batteries in my Mac yes. products. Yes. Oh God, you're mm. so right. There are no more batteries in the keyboard or the mouse or the trackpad. Or the trackpad. Yeah. That's like freaking I, finally. The, the angels were singing when I read that. I have been pilfering batteries from yep. Xbox controllers in my office for probably six months. Oh People yeah, people are not happy with me. I need to stop. I need to actually buy them myself. But oh, no, I, no, no, you're dead on. I mean, I when when Apple showed it to me, I like I literally was like, oh, tears I was, in your eyes. I was like so excited. <laughs> they were laughing at me, and I was like, no, you don't understand because anybody who's ever used the, the wireless keyboard, which is now the Magic Keyboard, or a Magic Mouse or a Magic Trackpad, like you know. The struggle is yes. real, right? Like you, the, the struggle, struggle is, is real. The struggle battery is real. Low, and then you wait like a yes. full week. Battery's still low. I don't want to change it yet. The battery still works. And the thing is, is like if you're like me, like then you have like a, a recharge, like a set of like double rechargeable batteries, like in loops or whatever, like on your desk. And the rechargeables are great because they're rechargeable. But the bad thing about them is that they only last like a week or two, and they always seem to last not as long as they should. So like <laughs> if you have fresh ones, then you can put them in. But like otherwise. You know, you're always going back and forth. And my iMac at home, um, which I don't use as much, you know, I used to always when I worked from home, like it was one of those things where I was always like running and like recharging batteries. And so what they've done is they've um, added lithium ion rechargeable batteries to all the devices. And Apple says that they should last about a month uh, with typical usage, which is, you know, equivalent about eight or nine hours a day, probably mm-hmm. more if, if you use your computer less um, and, and less, obviously, if you use it more. Um, I obviously haven't had a chance to test that, but I didn't see anything kind of going down. What's cool about getting rid of the batteries is that it means that the, the devices themselves have lower profiles. So both the keyboard and um, the trackpad now have lower inclines. And um, the mouse looks identical, but it has different feet. Uh, mm-hmm. The keyboard, the keys themselves are actually larger, but the keyboard takes up oh. less physical space. So what they did is the keycaps are the same size as the keycaps on the new MacBook. Um, but the um, the travel, the, the distance between you know when you press the key down – is about the same as it is on the existing keyboard. So it's not that shallow travel that a lot of people hated on the MacBook. I, I got used to it, but but um, if you don't like that super thin typing experience, this isn't going to bother you. But the key size itself is a little bit larger. The spacing is about the same as it was before, but they've gotten rid of a lot of the extraneous space on the, on the top and bottom and sides. So the keyboard itself is more compact. What's interesting is that the function keys are now full-sized, which I know a lot of people will enjoy because for basically since I think the probably the first MacBook uh, in 2006, um, they've had, you know, the function keys have been this slimmer size. And um, the arrow keys, although the direction keys, the the up and down keys are still half size, the left and right keys are full size. So there are going to be a lot of people, I think, happy with the new keyboard. And then the the Magic Trackpad has force touch. So it yes. not only has a 30% larger surface area, um, and, and it feels very good and does all the gestures, but it now has force touch built in. So that's really great because... Um, you know, uh, 3D Touch, I think, is we've talked about for the for the iPhone success, mm-hmm. I think, is one of those great innovations. And developers are already really jumping on board. We haven't seen that same sort of innovation happen with Force Touch. And I think it's because it's been limited to, to the laptops. To, to the laptops and o- to only to the new MacBook and then yeah. the, 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 the 13- and 15-inch and MacBook Pros. So um, having this now come to, you know, any Mac, um, I'm hoping will we'll make developers um, – think more about adding that support i'd love to hear from you sabrina since you build mac apps oh uh, yeah if- i'm just i i was just thinking about that because i mean we're, we're actually working with that in apple um with the apple tv os um because the 
there's the force touch on the remote. So right. they want you to make use of that. Um, so yeah, we're definitely going to be starting to um, look at integrating that. And you know, it's it's tough with, you know, we have the new um, iPhone 6S Plus and um, uh, 6S that have the the 3D touch as well, but it, not everybody has it. So it's difficult to inter- integrate it into an app at this point. Um, you know, and it's going to be the same thing with Macs because you want to use that functionality. You want to be able to add those, you know, hidden menus and, uh, you know, whatever y- you can do with it. Um, but it has to work for people who don't have that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it has to be something extra. Just right. By so it's, it yeah, exactly. So it can't, it can't be like an important functionality in the right. app. Yeah. I, right. I, so I, it's something to consider. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of like we're, we're kind of, you know, working our way there and that, and you know, it's, it's adoption. So it's, it, it whether people adopt it early or, or, or later, um, I think will dictate yeah. what developers do. I think, it's, I mean, it seems like that it is very concrete that this will be, yeah. A, a big paradigm moving forward. So I think we will see, I think it, it is beneficial for developers yeah. and to invest in that development yeah. and then for, for users to just get used to it. Yeah, just get used to it and deal with it. Yeah, and just know that anytime you upgrade, it's going to be there. Um, but it's just a matter of, you know, the, mm-hmm. the speed at which people upgrade. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what it's going to look like when that is a more universal thing. I think that yeah. it, uh, the interactions yeah, are going to happen. A couple generations from now, we'll we'll start seeing just everything else phased out, and then we can sort of work with it full throttle, which would be nice. Heck yeah! So Heck speaking yeah. of full throttle, I, one thing that people have been commenting on is that the the new iMac does not have a USB C drive. So what when we were looking at the new MacBooks, that was something it's been something we've been tossing around as something that's going to be ubiquitous moving forward, but they're not putting it in the iMacs. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's a couple of things. I mean, one, I think that it's probably fair to say that the Mac teams might not all the desktop teams and the laptop teams probably work independently. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm thinking, you know, because yeah. they obviously have different cycles. I mean, you can see this even with the the the, the two iMac teams. You know, the reason that the um the the 4K the iMac, SSD. well, that's the steep. But the reason the 4K iMac doesn't have, you know, Skylake is because those chips weren't available when they were oh, planning yeah. that. You know, um, th- those are shipping now, but they weren't available before. You know, they have to be on different kind of chip cycles and different component cycles. Um, and so I wonder, you know, part of it is they redesigned the iMac last year. For the 27 inch, and they, um, it's been a couple more years for the 21 um, uh, inch. Um, I wonder, you know, if, if it's a matter of, of them not wanting to make any kind of chassis design changes or, or internal changes on, on in terms of the mm-hmm. motherboard they're using. I also think it's a matter of, I don't know if on the desktop, you need it as much. I think that it makes a mm-hmm. lot more sense for USB-C on the uh, on a laptop right now because it can do more things. It's kind of this great multi-port. It can, in theory, be a replacement for um, you know Thunderbolt. But on the desktop, especially if you're talking about pushing as much power as you can, then Thunderbolt is still actually going to be superior. It's going to be able to mm-hmm. drive more pixels. It's going to be able to actually make it so you can power a 4K monitor. Whereas USB-C, we don't really have the um, accessories yet to really be able to do that. So it's a really powerful component and it can do some great stuff, but I don't think that the adoption is anywhere close to being there where you should start, mm-hmm. you know, removing a port from, you know, USB 3 um, to to allow for USB-C. I don't know. 
Yeah, that's I fair. know some people are making a lot of comments on I don't think it's a big deal because I, I mean, I think USB-C will become a big deal, but it's going to mm-hmm. be a while. It's I mean, not time yet. It's not time yet. I mean, the fact that we we'll keep when our I, adapters. Well, it's I mean, not time. <laughs> well, I mean, when, we, when I see a lot of the phones, I mean, you know, a lot of the phones, a lot of the Android phones coming with USB-C, I'm just kind of going, really, why? Because that's going to likely be the only USB-C device you have and you're literally plugging, you're going to have an adapter to, to have all your micro USB cords, you know? <laughs> um, because this is going to be the only thing you have for a while. I don't know. I mean, I think next year, maybe then we can talk. I think the new MacBook is an opportunity though for them, especially with the portability thing. That's That was the opportunity for them to be like, okay, this will be the one port for everything. But if you've got the space, I don't know if right now, I, I just don't see the advantages of, of going to that connector type. But who knows? I could be wrong. Yeah, that sounds fair. Do yeah. you have any any last words on the iMac? Lay I want one. Rest. I want one. You know, I, I, it's been a few <laughs> I years. I want since one I... too. Oh my god! I if I I'm just thinking about editing video on it. And oh, I'm you would so, love it. You would love I'm, it. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. I you know the th- problem is is I just love the portability of my MacBook Pro so much. Totally. I just don't know if I'm ready to switch yet. Yeah. I use an external 4K mod, Asus 4K monitor. I'm waiting for Thunderbolt 5K monitors from <laughs> Apple, but I'm I, I will continue to wait patiently. And I keep um, asking them about those, and I keep getting dead silence. I don't know what the is- issue is. I'm not sure why they haven't given us a standalone 5K monitor yet. I don't know if it's something with worrying about you know um, uh, required processing power or, or you know something with the timing controlled chip or what. I don't know, um, but I wish that they would bring us a 5K external display. Uh, yeah, that because that would just be the answer to my prayers because I really do love um, uh, my 15-inch MacBook Pro Retina. It's great. It, it you know I love using uh, having multiple monitors. It's just I can't give up that portability just right. yet. I'm not I'm not there yet. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't have the portability, but my work computer is not mine, so I'm not in charge of upgrading it, and it is still quite young. So I uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm saving up for the the nice camera before I. Before I apply, appeal to my boss to get me a 5K iMac. <laughs> just a 5K. Yeah, it's no big deal. Just, you know. <laughs> no biggie. You won't even believe how good things look to me before I export them and put them on YouTube and people watch them in like 480p. On their phones. <laughs> on their phones. <laughs> wow, thanks for sabotaging my argument. <laughs> I'm sorry. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Ting. Ting is a mobile phone service that is out to save you money. You heard me. That is their goal. It's a carrier that just wants to help you save on what you're paying now for cell service with your quote-unquote unlimited plan that we all know isn't really unlimited. If you go to rocket.ting.com, you can actually check out how much you'll be saving with Ting and you can get 25%, $25. Wow, that's a different number. $25 off your first device or credit for Ting service. So Ting is a mobile network, a mobile carrier that works with CDMA and GSM networks. There are no contracts, there are no overage fees, and you can have multiple devices on different network types under the same account, which is pretty awesome. They're the first provider to do that. If you want to carry to go over to Ting, you should know that 80% of phones made in the last two years can be brought to Ting. And if you're confused, wondering, is my phone compatible with this? They have a tool on their site where you can check it out and see if you can go over and then start saving, saving all your money so that you can buy that new 5K. 
iMac mm -hmm. that you really, really want. So the average monthly bill on Ting is actually $23, which, if you're me, makes you cry a little bit at night because <laughs> you don't pay that, that little. Um, so if you use less data, you pay less. That makes sense. That's math. That's how math works. Uh, and you can keep track of what you're using on with Ting's online account control panel, which is pretty freaking awesome. If you are stuck in a contract right now, Ting will offer you up to 25% percent this time, not dollars, of your termination fee and credit if you switch over. And that's, you know, that's a pretty darn fine deal to get started. You can head over to rocket.ting.com, double check that you can switch your device, check out how much it'll cost, and they'll walk you through getting set up so that it is painless and easy. I like the sound of all of this. Uh, again, you'll get $25 off select devices or $25 of credit if you go to rocket.ting.com. Thank you for having such a catchy, fun to say name, Tang, and thank you for supporting Rocket and Relay FM. Yay! Yay! Ting. You you crazy Americans and your all your amazing mobile provider options. We have <laughs> par a paralyzing amount of choice. Sabrina, we have so little choice here that it's 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 the polar opposite almost. It's, it's you have crazy. Rogers and you have polar. Bell, or or they're the same. And then, it, but don't you have like Wind Mobile or some crap like we that? We have Telus, um, which basically it's Rogers and Bell, and then other providers share their networks depending. Gotcha. That's how it works. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's pretty much monopolized by by two companies here in Canada, <laughs> which is uh, not great for for mobile pricing. That's for sure. You got to get some competition up there. Yeah, we do. Call we Ting. Do. Get them on the I phone. Know. I know. Hey. Oh, next time we come to the states, we're definitely using Ting. If, if they have mobile uh, disposable SIM card options, <laughs> which I'm sure they do. Hmm. So our next topic of the day, we're going to talk about the Twitter layoffs that happened this week, which were actually leaked mm -hmm. last week by Recode. Yeah. So Jack Dorsey announced on Twitter that they're letting go of 336 employees. As Twitter streamlines itself to move forward, most of those layoffs are actually happening in engineering, as I understand yep. it. And then the other departments are also just getting slimmed down to go along with that. Um, and Twitter is offering hefty severance packages to those people and reportedly helping them find new jobs. And The Verge uh, reported that they're probably looking at something between 10 and $20 million dollars. Of severance for those former employees, which yep. seems like a, a between ten million and twenty million. That that seems like a pretty big difference, but I won't second guess those numbers. Um, so I think one of the concerns that I'm seeing wafting around in the internet sphere around these layoffs is about isn't necessarily about what it says about Twitter and where Twitter's going, but people are concerned about what it means for other tech companies and small startups, which is kind of like if Twitter, which is a household name, has to lay off these people, then what does it mean for smaller companies? Which struck me as kind of missing missing a chunk of that situation. Because as I understand it, Twitter has made acquisitions in the past years. They're not, you know, that they aren't running with what they started with. So it makes sense that they would have to cut parts of that off, although it does not make it less sad. 
Uh, well, I think it's a couple of things. I mean, one, I think that obviously their growth never caught up with their expectations. So Twitter is a company that went public, in my opinion, um, because they well, not even my opinion. I mean, they were forced to go public, but I don't think they ever wanted to. And I frankly don't think they were ready to. So the reason they had to go public is that there used to be rules which have since been changed. Um, the SEC said that if you'd raised more than a certain amount of money in private capital, then you had to become a public company. Um, if a certain percentage of your funding, like if, if you had... X number of investors or more than you had to to, to file an IPO. Uh-huh. And once you hit that point, I mean, that's what happened with Facebook, although Facebook, I think, was very ready at that point. Um, certainly what ha- it ha- happened to Box and it happened to Twitter. And and so Twitter was kind of forced to go public. Um, but, you know, they've been working on kind of their business model and their ad model for a long time. They were certainly mobile before Facebook was and they were in the mobile ad game before Facebook was. But Facebook pivoted very, very quickly. And so Facebook had a couple of rough quarters after they went public, but they were able to pivot their business very quickly and now really become a mobile first company. You know, they acquired um, Instagram and that was a great acquisition for them. You know, they've acquired WhatsApp. Uh, they've built Facebook Messenger into something that in-house now actually has as many users as WhatsApp. So you almost wonder what they paid $20 billion for <laughs> WhatsApp for uh, when they were able to build the equivalent in-house. Part of that, I think, was just, frankly, they paid the $20 billion so they wouldn't have a competitor. But 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 Twitter has kind of faced a couple of problems for basically since its inception. One being how to onboard people who aren't part of the ecosystem. Um, it, it's never been the easiest thing to just jump in and join. I joined Twitter in 2007. And so back then it was, you could watch the live stream of everything happening on Twitter at once. They actually had that on the homepage and it was small enough then that you could kind of follow along. Um, And, you know, it kind of built a community from that point. But once it really started to become this mainstream thing, the media loves it and and, and journalists love it. and, 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 And a lot of people who are kind of in our industries, tech people love it. But normal people like my mom, you know, she'll follow my. Exactly. She will look at my Twitter updates. But it's not as if she has an account. And and it's hard for people to kind of know how to jump in. And they've tried to do different things where they try to kind of onboard people and make it easier for them to be part of it. But it, it's a kind of a daunting experience. Um, and then it's my – I honestly think Twitter didn't help themselves in some ways. They prioritized their social graph over anyone else's and they cut off access to – Twitter's social graph from other services. And I think that ended up being to their detriment because at this point now, you know, if you sign up for Twitter, if you're coming from another service, it's not like you can just search for all your Facebook or Instagram friends and find out which ones are already on Twitter. You've got to kind of start from scratch. You know, you maybe can't let them have access to your phone book, but that's about it. Um, so I think that they have a problem of, of onboarding people, but then they also have a problem of, of a very real business problem of monetizing stuff. So they've been trying to sell, um, you know, to their advertisers, um, what metrics matter. And so first they were saying monthly active users and the monthly active users started to drop. So they said, no, 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 no. We want to, we want to, you know, um, engagements are what matters. And then we'll, we'll shift our algorithm and make engagements matter. And then that's kind of started to drop. And then, okay, we'll be active mobile users or this or that. And then that started to drop. And so they've, you know, been kind of frenetically trying to figure out a way to get the numbers to match what their expectations have been. And I do think that they are a very large company. They've got like 4,200 employees or something yeah, like that. 4, like they've got, I think. Yeah, so 4,100 employees, many of them in engineering. Realistically speaking, that probably was too many engineering people. And and Jack's letter to the staff basically conceded as much. He didn't come out and say it this bluntly, but he basically said, look, we overhired when we shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's never a good thing when people lose jobs. But I think that in this was this case where they probably had a lot of people working on things that they didn't know what they were supposed to be working on. And if you look at Twitter's core product, which is kind of going through transition phases, it probably does need to be more nimble because it's hard for 
them to kind of figure out, okay, what all are we doing with all of our different things and, and what components are mm-hmm. working together? And, and like you said, Simone, they've made acquisitions too. So I think that it's a lot of things. I mean, their stock has obviously had a really tough year. That's why Dick Casolo uh, was uh, let go. Um, it's why Jack is back. Um, they're really trying to kind of, you know, woo Wall Street. Um, but um, I would also note, I mean, just the the cynic in me would note that, I mean, if you are preparing to be acquired, one of the first things you usually do is lay people off because the company acquiring you will make redundant layoffs, you know, like like it, it, when, when they're like areas that overlap like payroll or, or HR or things like that. But in general, they don't want to have to do big layoffs of a company right after they acquire them. What they want you to do is lay off the people first and then, you know, they acquire the company that they want. So, so is that if, a, if a comp- that, Oh, sorry, go on. So I was just going to say, so if a company like Google, for instance, were to buy Twitter, Google would obviously want Twitter to get rid of, you know, the, 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 um, excess engineers. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Do you think that that's something that's likely to happen or are they really just restructuring in order to, I guess, increase ownership of these engineering projects that they're doing? I mean, I think that if they got a good offer from Google, I think that the shareholders at this point, I think their board would be – it would be hard for them to turn it mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Whether or not Google would pay what the shareholders would think is fair, I don't know. Because even at this point, with as much money as Google has, I don't know if they would want to spend $30 billion on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if Twitter could see, be, see being sold for – under $30 billion. So it becomes, because at one point they were valued at more than that. So it becomes a really weird question. But I do think, you know, people have been talking about acquisitions in Twitter a lot lately because even with Jack being back and we'll have to give, you know, he'll obviously get a few months to kind of, you know, take things over again. It's, I love Twitter, but I kind of don't know what their future product is. And I, I don't get the sense that the people at Twitter necessarily have a very strong mm-hmm. product vision. And so that would concern me. They certainly have a huge amount of data and they certainly are a key, you know, kind of source. But I, yeah, I mean, if it's, if it's not Google and the company, that, then it would probably be a Chinese company that would, would want to buy them. And that honestly would scare me because I would be concerned with any foreign entity, frankly, from, from a country that has, uh, you know, very, very, um, stringent censorship policies mm-hmm. owning something like Twitter. Kind of the opposite of what we want to happen, despite the fact that Twitter does, I believe, I think need to get a have a, get a better grip on its community and figure uh, out definitely. But I, w- I would be much more for, to interact. With I, I will say this, and this might be controversial. No, I will take the trolls and the abuse on Twitter over having government censorship any day of the week. Christina Warren's views do not reflect the view of this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually did write down some statistics from Recode. Uh, so Twitter staff doubled in size from 2000, 2013 to 2015, but the user, wow. ba- user base has grown less than 50% over that yep. course of time. So you can see in the numbers why this is a concern, why this numerically had to happen. Yeah. So. And it worked out to 8% of the workforce. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Pretty- I can't even imagine that that must have because it, it I mean it is a small company 4000 is not I mean it is a lot of people but you would you would feel that I think yeah definitely well and then there was and, and they tried to handle it I think as well as they could but then there were some people who obviously kind of shows the perils of this stuff there was a guy who you know his tweet was widely disseminated he was a remote worker and he found out that he was um you know um you know uh laid off one by of the, one of the laid off 
<laughs> he found out when he couldn't log into his accounts. Oh, right. And he got things for like his his GitHubs, you know, was oh, saying you God. can't access this anymore. Your mail isn't accessed anymore. Because basically what happens is, you know, apparently they had called him, but it went to voicemail. And then, you know, immediately what they do is when they terminate you from the system, how much how most IT systems are now is that they kind of disconnect you and you're it's all done. I mean, I've seen this with people who've left Mashable, um, like like interns and whatnot, where literally at six o'clock, you know, their stuff turns off and they've seen all the contacts on their phone just disappear you know, all the stuff is just remotely goes away and um that's you know, scary uh, and amazing at the same time it is it is <laughs> and but but i can't even imagine you know if you work for someplace i mean you know that's how you find out I, I don't know i i certainly don't blame twitter on this i mean they did call the guy but it just kind of shows i think the reality of how remote working and, and also just how you know uh, i uh, device management works now that it, it, it's kind of a harsh you know, way of uh, it, it, efficiency kind of like loses, you know, the, the um, I guess the, the human connection, because I, I, it kind of reminds me of the movie up in the air where, uh, yeah, uh, you exactly. know, efficiency yeah. wins. Right. You know, where, where, where they're going to fire you over like, you know, um, computer aided, you know, um, uh, like a message you're going to stare into a computer screen and learn that you've lost your job. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. Yeah. So I think we talked we, when we were talking about moments last week, we kind of touched on what Twitter, I think, probably needs to do moving forward, which is stop appealing to power users like us and continue doing things like moments, which refine the browsing process, refine your timeline so that you can find the things that you want. How I don't know. How would you guys explain to the layperson like why you use Twitter and why it appeals to you? Because I, I have so much trouble doing it. Like, to me, it's the humor. It's the people that I can connect with. It's the networking. Um, just, like, being able to f- find people who are doing similar things to me and th- that I can look up to. But I don't know. What about you? I, I think that, you know, it it really has a lot to do with our industry. Because I'll be, uh, you know, I'll tell some of my friends that are totally not in the tech industry whatsoever. And, and they just don't get it. It's like, I've met people on Twitter. We've like met in real life at conferences and this and that. And it's great. And it, it, it there really was a sense of community early on that, that has kind of been lost. But mm-hmm. it's still there depending on, you know, what's going on. Like certainly when there's like Apple events happening and things mm-hmm. like, of that well, nature. That's kind of a but, paradox. I think that you've hit on there that Twitter is now it's bigger than it was. It's too big to have a really solid community, but it's not big enough for the investors. It's not big enough to, to be a public company or yeah. Rough. It's, yeah. It's, it's big, but it's, it's, it's too hard. I think for regular people to, to understand the value of maybe necessarily. I mean, I think that it's a great news source. I mean, that's one of the reasons I, yeah, started using it was because it was kind of part of my job and and everybody else that I was blogging with had it and I was like well, f- <laughs> uh what time is this 51 minutes my Christina curses um and I said shoot you know I guess I'm gonna have to use this too and um then I found that I loved it because I met people I've had I've I have, I've received jobs like I, I because of Twitter. My career is largely not largely, but very. I mean, it's not insignificantly it's what it is because guided. of Twitter. <laughs> oh, more than more For than. Sure. I mean, I would say that, I would say that Twitter has played a significant role in my career. Um, and and so uh, you know, the personality and, and the the following that I've gained on Twitter has certainly helped me with that. Um, I mean, and I, but I like it just to kind of, it's kind of a news source. I can see what's happening. And like you, Simone, you know. 
they're find like-minded people. It's funny. It's funny too. There are the different types of Twitter. Like there's media Twitter or journalism Twitter. There's tech Twitter. You know, there's Apple Twitter. Um, there, there's there's black Twitter. You know, there's um, like celebrity Twitter. Like there's sports Twitter. There's car Twitter. And and when you get into these like kind of little like uh, groups, it's kind of like Tumblr in that respect that they all have their own different norms and their own different obsessions. And it's interesting because they can all sort of live alongside one another. And sometimes you'll see something from like one Twitter kind of go into another one. And it's it's uh. Uh, sometimes that can be good and sometimes that can be bad, but it's always, you t- it tends to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Well, one way I know I've, um, I've tried to get people to kind of engage more with Twitter is, is by kind of you playing the celebrity card. Like you can actually engage with, you know, Ellen DeGeneres or, um, you know, whoever your favorite celebrities are on Twitter, they may not, you know, engage back with Christina you Warren necessarily. Is my favorite celebrity. <laughs> She's pretty awesome. But Taylor you know what Swift I mean? might retweet you. Yes. To a lot of people, right? Because they feel like, oh, maybe this person, you know, so maybe they should try playing that angle a little bit more. But then again, you have that trolling problem still, which happens. Well, you do. I was going to say people. that I was going to say that's that's sort of the, the, the double edged sword, because on the one hand, you know, one of the best parts about Twitter and one of the reasons I started using and one of the reasons I think that my career was helped by Twitter is that I've always been, you know, people can feel free to ask me anything. And as long as you're not being like really ridiculous, I will usually respond. Um, I, I don't block very often. You know, I, I tend to I, I've been fortunate if I receive some abuse, but not anything like a lot of other people have. I've been lucky in that regard. But people know that they can kind of ask me questions and I'll answer back and I'll engage with people. But I found that that was that there, there are a lot of celebrities that are kind of that way too. People will kind of engage and you kind of get to see a more human side of people. The problem though is that of course not every celebrity does that. A lot of them have, you know, uh, professional social media handlers doing that mm-hmm. or partially because they get so many, you know, requests and other things and partially because maybe they don't care or because, you know, if the abuse gets too bad, then like Lena Dunham, like who was very active on Twitter, like has basically stopped using it. Like she has somebody else controlling it, she said um, in an interview at the Vanity Fair Summit because it became such a toxic place after she posted photos. And so she still uses Instagram and some other things, but Twitter became too bad for that. And and that's a problem that Twitter has to struggle with. Mm -hmm. I mean, and as much as I do feel like I would support freedom of speech above anything else, I do feel like for Twitter to actually gain mainstream usage, they do have to get, you know, some of the community stuff in control. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it's a complicated problem. You know, at the end of the day, you still have Lena Dunham on Twitter, even if it's a PR person. So the the importance of that platform is acknowledged. But of course, not, you know, every the everyday person does not have a reason to stay if the harassment gets bad enough. Right. They're going to leave. Right. And that's, yeah. Not only that, but I mean, I think that one of the areas where Twitter probably suffers the most is that, you know, Snapchat happened and Snapchat has become this great kind of ephemeral place where a lot of people also publish their life updates. You know, like, Eight years ago, Twitter was kind of great in that you could literally just kind of post, and and I still do this all the time now, where I like I'm thinking about random things and I and I tweet it. But increasingly, I find myself both tweeting it and then finding a way to snap it too. And so, for a, a generation of people younger than me, you know, they're going to Snapchat as their primary place to kind of share with their friends and kind of engage. And so, Snapchat is, I think, for younger people, has replaced what Twitter was. And for celebrities, this is what's really scary for Twitter: is the Snapchat stories have become like far more, you know, important, and that's become a far more, far more important platform to be there than it is to, you know, it's, it's more important for the, for them to be on Snapchat and Instagram than it is for them to be on Twitter necessarily. Yeah, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like even if you look at like, take for example, the, the Kardashian sisters, um, they have somewhere in the neighborhood of say between 30 and 40 million 
followers each on Instagram, but then you look at their Twitter following and it's like maybe half that. So that kind of indicates, you know, their audience just isn't there. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but Snapchat and Instagram, it's like huge. huge. And I think, I mean, teenage, teenage girls are the audience for that. We can acknowledge. And I think that teenage girls are definitely a huge driver in internet culture. Teenage girls are why Tumblr was important for a while. Teenage girls, they are why Snapchat is that we that we use on yes. the internet going forward. So, go where the teenage Illy girls Simone, are. Illy. Yeah, girl <laughs> power, right? There I we mean. go. You know, you were talking about um, Lena Dunham. Have you been reading the Lenny newsletter? Receiving the Lenny newsletter from her website? I have, I have, and I actually really liked uh, the Jennifer Lawrence um, uh, uh, opinion piece. I thought that was really good. Talk I really like that for a lot real. of reasons. Like she, just, I thought that was really good because she acknowledged what I thought and and kind of my take on on the Sony thing when that happened. I was hesitant mm-hmm. to start writing about how the film industry was sexist and this and that because part of me went, granted, it's BS that she's being paid less than than Bale and 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 and, and Renner and and uh, well uh, uh, Cooper and 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 um and Renner was the one I was really you know kind of thinking I was like okay look I understand why um, right, Bale is Cooper, making more Christian Bale but Jeremy Renner come on exactly that's what I was saying so <laughs> was, that, that's what I was saying that's it's never Jeremy straw. Renner over Jennifer Lawrence is it really? I, I agree well th- this is what yeah. I'm saying and so I was thinking I was like look obviously you know Christian Bale is probably going to make the most on this but but I would think that it doesn't matter if Jennifer Lawrence was quote unquote the bigger star or not like no Christian is actually the bigger star but you know um I, what i liked about what she said was that she acknowledged what to me i always kind of read as the real thing which was when when it happened i went well this is this is not necessarily this is sexism on hollywood's part but in a backwards way it's not because they were paying her less because she's a woman is they paid her less because she didn't ask for more and and i i thought that her reasoning for not asking for more does indi- does talk about the the very real sexism issue of especially likability but i was glad that she owned the fact that she didn't negotiate better that she didn't fight for it and and that's something i think that i have conversations with with girls who are younger than me all the time when we talk about things like um you know uh, salaries and i i have to kind of say you know there's a certain amount of part of it that is systemic and, and you get paid what you get paid because uh, of society, how they dictate, they think women are worth less. But there's also a certain part of it where we have to, as women, stand up and say, actually, no, I deserve more and I'm willing to fight for it. And I, if I were Jennifer Lawrence, and, and I kind of got this impression from her piece, I would have been mad at myself, but I would have especially been mad at my agents for not fighting yeah. harder for me because that was that's their job. You know what I mean? Like they really, I think, should have been like, look, you're still going to be America's sweetheart even if you say F you – I need nine points and not five. Um, or, you know, it, 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 or I think she ended up getting seven or something. But if, but if she's saying, you know, I, I need more points on the back end and I want more salary because I have this, this, and this, I'm an Oscar winner, you know, do it. Um, that would have been an acceptable thing to do. But I thought that it was really interesting to hear her talk about how, why she didn't because she was afraid of like not being likable. She didn't yeah. want to be a problem. People not liking her. That is yeah. so hard. It's such you know a what? balancing act, especially when you don't have an agent who is in charge of negotiating those things for you, believing in your own value and in y- your own worth and that you're not going to be cast out for asking for more than you are worth. Quote, unquote. <laughs> True. I did appreciate in her piece, though, that uh, almost her self-awareness of the fact that her problems really aren't relatable to the average woman. Yes. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, I love that, I too. think that's such yeah. a huge, important yeah. part of when we're talking about, you know, Meryl Streep gets paid less than 
I don't Tom Cruise or whatever, because I, I don't think that those numbers trickled down necessarily to the lay person. Like with every woman gets paid less usually. Right. But when we're talking about, you know, the different differences in millions of dollars that actresses get paid, that's not a, a relatable goal to fight for. I, it is a good it's good in terms of visibility that, you know, these problems exist no matter who you are. But it doesn't necessarily help people who are, you know, the the issue of janitors versus hotel maids, like getting paid less, things like that. Right. Well, and I think too, you know, but but it does kind of point to, and, and you're right, you know, it, it 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 is good for her to acknowledge. Look, my problems are obviously not the same as yours, but it does still point out that if even the biggest, one of the biggest box office stars in the world is getting paid less on a small but award-winning film. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean yeah. if we are to take this down the line? You know what I mean? Yeah. What does that mean for the crew members? What does it mean for other things? And the, but the bigger question too, but the bigger issue too that I think with, with, with when it comes to salary stuff that is very rarely discussed, as that many times you see the biggest dis- uh, like like difference in, in pay, not so much in men versus women, but in careers that are mostly female careers versus careers that are f- mostly m- male dominated. Yes. So education, for example, which is mostly female dominated, except for administration, which is almost which is very much male dominated. The, the administration part of education, those salaries, if you were to look at them compared to other government jobs um, uh, that, that require the same amount of education and and, and you know um, skill set and whatnot, the pay is tremendously lower why because it's mostly women in those positions and um and they're not valued the same way it's 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 interesting yeah any anytime you start getting a majority women in a career it becomes devalued which is unfortunate yeah to say the least absolutely and you know this kind of reminds me of you know it's it's not even just salaries it's almost like how a female can recuperate um coming out of a scandal versus a, uh, her male counterparts yeah. like a good example might be um the the whole Janet Jackson Justin Timberlake Super Bowl incident Janet Jackson went dark for like years after that and Justin yep. Timberlake came out unscathed completely unscathed absolutely no effect yeah. on his career she got dragged through the mud and all the rest of it. And I feel like it's not just, you know, salaries. It's how one thing can affect the career of a female and yep. career of her male counterparts. And it's just totally different. You know, you're dead on. You're dead on. Justin Timberlake's career, if anything, got a boost. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, because sure. he was now I'm because sorry, what Janet happened Jackson hello like. no because what happened was is that he was went to a point where granted you know he'd had justified out and that was like a big deal but like a lot of people who still saw him as the in sync guy finally saw him as, a as man. beyond that a man exactly so he got a boost Big Whereas she was 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 completely you know Lame like just did for that she absolutely. Just, yeah, and the, the, and fine, the whole thing, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, on so many levels. Sorry, I don't even know what made me think of that. But I just, you know, it's funny because I think because Janet Jackson's new album came out and I love it and her, she was touring. I tried to get tickets, couldn't get to the show. But, oh, I love Janet Jackson. And it just, it always bothered me how she suffered so greatly from that incident. And he just walked away from it with. Yeah, something that totally out of her control. Yeah. I know. And it's crazy. So I'm glad Jennifer Lawrence talked about this. And, yeah, you know, definitely. we need people like her, you know, that have a little bit of clout in the industry speaking up. Heck yeah. This episode of Rocket is also brought to you by Hover, which is our favorite way to buy and manage domain names. It makes that whole process super easy 
takes all the pain right out of it. Now, that's a that's a common denominator, I think, in the, the products that we like here at Rocket. So basically, you go to Hover.com and you start searching in keywords for what you want to buy a domain for. Because when you have this idea, you want to make your website, you want to just get that domain name right away because they go and they go fast and then they get expensive and everything is awful. So Hover makes it really easy to find TLDs. They have to find domain names and they have a bunch of TLDs like .com and .co and .me. But then they also have the fun ones, which are my favorites like .sexy, uh, .church (laughs) is my favorite. So our keyword for today, usually what I do when when I get a hover read is I take the keyword and I search for a fun URL with it. Uh, Our keyword today is ignition, um, which is what you'll use when you go to hover to buy your own domain name. So ignition.site is actually freaking $4.99 right now. It's on sale. It's usually $32.99. So that's insanely cheap. Uh, Most of the URLs cost $12.99. You have top ignition for $12.99. Ignition.soy is a little more expensive. If you want to have like a true lactose-free .soy (laughs) website. I love it. Ignition.democrat and .republican are available. Somebody needs to snap that up for the election. Those are 2460. And if you are the CEO of this fictional Ignition, ignition Ignition.ceo is also available. Anyway, so it's so much fun to look up urls that i actually just can't stop doing it once i start so anyway as i was saying uh com domains are 12.99 which is a great price this includes who is privacy for free as do all of hover's domains because you shouldn't have to pay to keep your information you know safe from prying eyes um especially when you are a vulnerable woman on the internet to tie into our last conversation um they also have fantastic customer support Over the phone, online, you talk to human beings, which is pretty great. You can also talk to robots if you want. Um, No, you can you can chat online and they make that easy. So you have that service whenever you want it. And they also have a valet service where you can transfer over from your current provider. They just do it all for you, which what? What? That's awesome. And that's free. That's so great. It's free. What the heck? Okay, so. If you want to use Hover, you should totally go check it out, um, hover.com. And you can use that show code, like I mentioned, ignition at checkout and get 10% off your first purchase at Hover and show your support for Rocket and for all of Relay. You should totally do it. Um, Buy fun URLs and then give them to me. I would love it if you did that. Um, It won't cost you that much either. If you want to get me something for Christmas, get me a domain name. Um, thanks, Hover, for supporting Rocket FM or Rocket at Relay FM. We dig you. It's cool. Another great Canadian company, right? Oh, love Hover. <laughs> I do. No idea. There go Canada. Are you from Canadian? Toronto. hundred percent. I take it all back. The enemy. <laughs> Canada's the enemy. No, they're 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 a great company, and it's actually funny you were talking about um, giving domain names as, as gifts. And my husband and I do that for children that are born. Now we buy them their domain name. That is such a good idea. Yeah. Oh so it's it's that's their gifts when I read an article about that once, and like I'm not even planning on having children, and it made me really nervous because I was like, what if? But I mean, by the time I get around to having kids when I'm like 70, because, you know, I'll be genetically modified by then, all the good domains are going to be gone. All of them. Exactly. What if so, we start just like buying domains and then naming our children the same name as us and just passing the domain on to them when we die? Kind, 
Yeah. That's a free sci-fi novel it, idea. Isn't for that kind people. of, I think that's kind of what a lot of people do with their companies. They, they see what domain names are available and then name their company. So maybe we can do yeah, that. When we were children. launching rematch, it was, <laughs> it was such a struggle. And like, we came up with, I, I mean, I like the name remeshed fine, but like we had some really, really good names and then they just, they cost so much money that uh, we would have had to, you know, negotiate for them and everything. And that was just not something we we're looking to do, but Ah, yeah. So save yourself some trouble. Come up with give the gift of a domain of of a domain name. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) do it it now. Foresee your entire future by a domain. (laughs) Okay, so dessert time. America's Next Top Model is over. Oh my god! Are we okay? I'm not okay. okay. I mean, I mean, look, it's time. It is time. I just, I'm, I'm not okay. You guys, like, I just want to watch Tyra yell at Tiffany for the rest of my life. I'm not sure Tyra's okay either. She seemed oh pretty emotional on Instagram. I was gonna say her Instagram was like the 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 quintessential. Oh no, this was my choice to be. It's like, oh no, girl, this was not your choice. (laughs) Yeah, I know. After 22 cycles, I think it was sort of. Yeah, it, it's, it was, oh, it was time. time. It's a long, long time to be on the air. I mean, I mean, they've been on the air since it was UPN, right? I think it started in 2003. 2003. And uh, I was 13 yeah. years old. Um, How do they compare to I American would, Idol? Because that is also a... American Idol started in 2002. Oh, God. Was um, it the 2001? Okay, no, 2002. Maybe. It was okay. the summer of 2002. It was a cli- that was a uh, Kelly Clarkson and uh, Justin Guarini. And, That's right, because uh, World yeah. Idol... Uh, yes, but that was the should have won <laughs> 2003. That's right. Exactly. And, and so that was the first one and the only one they ever did in the summer. And then they brought it back in January um, of 2003. And that was like the Clay Aiken season. That's when it became really popular. So it like didn't do it didn't like work at all over the summer. But then the Clay Aiken season, it really started. And then the third season with Carrie Underwood, that's when it was like, whoa. Um, so yeah, giving me um, the ability to feel slightly popular in middle school because I could talk about American Idol with my fellow my fellow students. But so, anyway, fun if, fact, you're old, but anyway. if you're about as old as American Idol, you're probably too old, unfortunately. Too old um, to model. <laughs> oh, oh, agreed. Oh, no doubt. Well, here's the deal. With America, this is why I loved ANTM so much, right? Like the whole rules of the show are that you had to be 18 to like be on it. Let's be completely real. Um, whether this is fair or not, if you are 18 years old and you are trying to start your modeling oh, career, no, 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 no. Yeah. It is too late. It's like, no, these girls are who walk the runway unless they're like the really big names, the Cara Delevingne's, you know, the the, the Carly Clauses, the, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, Gigi Hadid's. Like, they're like 14, 15 years old. Yeah. Well, look the at girls Kaya that are, Gerber, Cindy Crawford's yeah. daughter. She's like pretty, she's pretty much now, like at first I think Cindy Crawford was trying to hold her back, but she's, yep. she's, she's a mini me of Cindy Crawford. So naturally she's a model. <laughs> she's and, amazing. Um, well, she's, she's good at Right. I mean, Carly Kloss was like 14. I mean, a lot of these girls were like, were really young. Oh, who was the girl? Uh, 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 Tony Garn, who like did the, the Calvin Klein show when she was like 15 or something like that was like, because that's the right age. You get really good when you're older and you can walk the more elite shows and walk up, up further. But like, if you're going to do like 65 shows in a season, which some girls do, which is insane, like you need to be young and have like, 
be really tall and really thin and, and look kind of weird because you your job literally is to be a walking clothing rack. Yeah. Like, and who's got that kind well, of energy in their twenties or thirties? Like, well, and the thing is, what I love about what I love about A and T M is that all the girls were always too old, too fat, and too short. I love the show anyway, but none of them would ever make it. None of them were even yeah. like 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 fashion models, even for like catalog work. But it doesn't change the fact that the show is absolutely amazing. Well, and I read an interesting article pointing out like there are things that have changed since America's Next Top Model has been on the air, like the hiring of that the model that had Vitiligo. Um, and obviously, these are just cases of one person. But I do think that the show did do something. It's kind of a mixed bag for me. It, it, I, think <laughs> I don't it did think something, so. I don't think it, it did also anything. kind of perpetuates this glamour or glamorizing okay the fashion industry is glamorous but it does glamorize being in the fashion industry which is ridiculously unhealthy the models uh, i can't even imagine living that difficult a lifestyle like you said doing 65 shows a season like that that is it's not healthy for them so no my my sister's good friend in high school was a model and she actually won um teen magazine's cover girl contest in like 1995 and uh when she was still in high school and and she worked for elite um and and she she did a lot of japanese work she wasn't really good enough to do a lot of u.s stuff but she was really big in japan for a long time and i think she still does print work but um no it was, it was stressful you know and she definitely had that body type and that sort of thing and she started really young too and it, it's hard work but um i i don't know if i would give america's next top model any credit for or, uh, uh, making the modeling industry more open to different faces. I think that was a lot of things just happening in the fashion industry in general because I think America's Next Top Model, it's trash. It's great TV, but it's trash TV. I don't think anybody <laughs> totally. ever took it seriously because none of those girls it's were like ever going to walk in any campaign. Um, okay, first of all, I think that's a little bit denigrating to The Bachelor. The Bachelor's <laughs> everything. I, I do too. Sabrina, you and I, we're going to be such good friends. Have you this watched, is, this okay. is like a romance. I, I'm just going to do a little aside here. Have you yes. watched Unreal? On life. Of course. Oh my god. Of course. That was like best show best ever. Show of 2015, I think. I completely agree. It was so good. Show. I was like, so this good. Is HBO quality show on Lifetime. What is happening? I was like, Marty Knoxon, you've done it again. Uh, no, I loved it. Um, but um, A and TM. I mean, look, none of those girls were ever going to be anywhere. But it was great drama. I mean, I, if anything, I mean, like, if you want to see what real modeling is like, the, the closest that you can really see, you should look at the models that are on Project Runway because those yeah. are the girls who are actually <laughs> yeah, like Project real models. Runway feels more fashion. Be- because those are actually real yeah. working models, not yeah. like girls yeah. that are, are are too old, too fat, and 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 uh, you know uh, too short to to do real runway work, which is okay. I mean, look, I'm too old, too fat, and and too short to model too. Um, it's okay. Um, but uh, I have one A and T M story, which was when I was like 22 or 23. I was at the mall, and they were doing some sort of casting thing for America's Next Top Model. And I was in a store, and I obviously wasn't going to go in. And this, I, I was really, really thin at the time, but um, uh, like, like probably like ninety pounds or something. But like, this woman like begged me to come and sign up, and I was like, no, I'm too old and too short. She's like, no, 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 please. She like followed me to another oh store God. to try to get me to sign up for America's Next Top Model, and I was like, look, oh. I love Tyra and everything about this, but this is ridiculous. I'm not a model. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Stop lying. Um, <laughs> Stop lying to everybody who is in this line because it, it was just so funny. Um, it, it, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things that was like, you guys. But um, I mean, it gave us smizing. It gave us, as we will have in, in the show notes, Tyra yelling at Tiffany. Oh, God. There were some great moments. I mean, it gave Take us Janice Dickinson's resurgence. <gasps> oh, my God, it did. Jay Alexander. Who are your favorite judges? Let's, let's Nigel talk. Barker. Come on. Oh, yeah. Nigel. Yeah. Nigel. He was He's so hot. Like, 
He's kind of like the, he reminds me of Johnny Ive. <gasps> yeah, he does. He does. I get a and Johnny he's so Ive hot. from him. Like, <laughs> mysterious. But, but, but he, yes. Something. He does. He goes the British thing and 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 the, the kind of head. shaved head thing. Yeah. Um. And his wife is super hot. Like he posts like photos on his Instagram all the time of his wife and yeah. uh, who has like oh, a twin Nigel. sister. How could I forget? Uh, Nigel. Yeah, I know. J. Alexander. Obviously, Janice. I mean, Twiggy was great too. Twiggy was a great judge. I don't think I saw Twiggy on it. I went there Twiggy during was college great. when they had yeah. the marathon. She was actually oh, yeah, the marathons. A, a lot meaner than I thought she was going to be. <laughs> it really was. She was hard on them. She was. Well, honestly, though, she she and Janice were the only ones who ever told it like it was. Like yeah. everybody else would kind of like be like, oh, live your dreams. You're good enough. And they'd be like, nope. No, we're not blowing no. any sunshine up your butt today. No, which, which frankly, which frankly, we needed a little bit of because you're watching these shoots and you're like, oh my god, these girls are like. Every time I see Carrie D in one of those ads for um, her psoriasis medicine or whatever, and they're like, oh, I'm Carrie D. I'm not. I'm like, no, you're not. Um, and I think about the girl who who lost to her, Melrose, who was like maybe my favorite ever. Melrose was a. Uh, uh, she was like the Tracy Flick of America's Next Model. Do you guys remember her? I vaguely remember. I just remember them both being really kind of boring, kind of basic. Well, Melrose a was totally. Well, Carrie well, D was definitely basic. Melrose, she was like hardcore. Like she knew that she was way older than everybody else in the house. She knew that she was like not really liked that much, but she like worked her ass off. Like she would like cut a girl like she was like was like tried so hard and that's why she made it all the way to the end like on sheer like will of like throwing herself forward it was kind of amazing to watch um but but obviously greatest of all time would be tiffany who uh oh, after yeah. getting kicked off the first season for having beer getting in a fight after after bitch poured beer in her weave uh, that is a direct <laughs> quote so please don't believe that um a mike and steven because bitch poured beer in my weave is like the actual line like she actually said it on tv uh, Tyra, Tyra yelled at her, and, and and what 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 did she say, Simone? Take responsibility for yourself, Tiffany. <laughs> Line that will we go were, down in history. We were all rooting for you. We were rooting for we you. Were we were all, all rooting for you. Yeah. I've never. I remember her. I've never yelled at anybody like this in my life. I've oh, never God. yelled at a girl like this in my life. Oh yeah, we you don't know where clip. I come from. Oh my God, you oh, guys! It's, it's literally it's, my favorite gift. TV. Probably my most used reaction gift. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Tyra, Tyra in that wig, Tyra in that wig, just going at her. <sighs> Tyra and her, all her wigs. I mean, really, oh the God. show was about Tyra, let's be honest. Yes, it was. Oh, absolutely. of course it was. The, I mean, the whole thing, you walk into the, the, the A&TM mansion, you know, where the girls stay, but it's really just an ode to Tyra. Like, literally, it's just like Tyra's <laughs> Sports Illustrated she covers all the place. And- exactly. It's, it's Tyra and Victoria's Secret. Tyra on cover of this and that. It's like... And 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 I, look, Tyra was a, a real legit like big model, like not taking anything away from her. But she was not Naomi Campbell. She was not Kate Moss. She was not Christy Turlington. You know what I mean? Not and so quite. I love that they like almost not quite. Mm, no, but no. <laughs> she kind of no, came she was, on that second wave, but she wasn't part of that original like nine. No, she was, but but well, but also like she and Kate Moss were about the same time, but she was no Kate Moss. I mean, let's be real. No. I mean, you know, she was she was like she like you know. Uh, was very successful and amazingly beautiful woman but like it's funny to me how like on the show and the whole mythos it's like she's the greatest supermodel who ever lived and it's like mm. oh no yeah no no, no. Yeah. That, that will always <laughs> that will always and forever be kate moss i mean that's that's the answer that's that's the that's that's the that's the only answer i think did you, did you, um, did you follow cara de Levine on instagram those her bedroom photo shoot with kate moss yes god bless uh, thank all. you i agree that completely just uh, rem- also, remember like, that it, 
last year when Kate Moss turned um, uh, 40, uh, all of uh, my entire Instagram like went like um, crazy. Um, and um, but she's the only one who's still like it can do what she does. Like she's just, you know. Yeah. Oh, she's um, remember her Mark Wahlberg, Calvin Klein. Yes. Ads? Oh, those like, are the greatest ads a, of all time. Such a great time in, in that industry well i mean I she created that. the whole heroin chic thing plus i mean she's like the like it was funny she's like the shortest model that's ever like rocked like a million runways i love kate moss so much mm-hmm. yeah um, she's I, so I, amazing I, I, still she is still she's still so freaking perfect and all the abuse that she's done to her body and she still looks so great I like know, honestly right? like how is that even possible like her ex-husband or boyfriend whatever that guy from the libertine can't remember his name and oh my god, oh my god he looks no. like death warmed over and oh, it's but, like she looks amazing I mean, she looks amazing. You're like one of those things you're like, wow. <laughs> Very good jeans. Oh, my God. Okay. So rest in peace, America's Next Up Model. We will always have the memes. Yes. yes, we will. They will never go away. And we will always know how to walk thanks to Jay Alexander. And we'll know how to smize. Even though it looks weird when we do it. Why does it look weird when we do it? It looks great when Tyra does it. <laughs> we'll never forget. All right, so I, I totally forgot to mention at the top of the show, this is episode 40 of Rocket. We're finally, Ow. we should celebrate. We're big, oh, my big, God. We're, we're as old as Kate Moss. We are as old as Kate Moss. I think she just turned 41. Ugh, Fabulous at 40. Slightly younger. <laughs> Do you think we'll age 40? as well as she did? Um, I hope so. Eh, we can hope. We can dream. I want to age as well as Christy Brinkley. She looks amazing. Seriously. In her 60s, and she looks unbelievable. I want to. I want to age like Christy Brinkley, Christy Turlington, Kate Moss, and uh, um, and um, basically um, Cindy Andy and Cindy and Cindy. <laughs> oh my god! No, actually, you know who I really want. You know who I really want to age like? I want to age like Gwen Stefani, who looks better now than she did like 20 years ago when Tragic Kingdom came out. Uh, oh, J-Lo, FYI, you guys, J Lo looks J Lo better now J-Lo. than she did 15 years ago. I swear to God, when that uh, came out, come on. Uh, she looks better than she did in Selena, but I still think peak J-Lo is out of sight. Yeah, probably like 2001, <laughs> 2002. Right? Like, like peak J-Lo was out of sight, J-Lo, but, but that's partially because of the Clooney connection. I mean, everybody looks better with Clooney in a trunk. But like, um, no, J-Lo, I think peak J-Lo was, was, was out of sight, but J-Lo looks amazing. But no, um, Tragic Kingdom came out 20 years ago this week. That's awful. Wow. That was like my high school, like Gwen and Gavin were, when oh, they broke yeah. up, that was like, ugh. oh, my <laughs> office, we cried. <laughs> I, we like, cried. My what? husband and I started texting to one another. And we were like, does this mean Gavin's still available? Like both of us were kind of asking that question about Gavin. But like, no, I mean, but I, that makes me so sad because they were together for like 20 years. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, they were married for they, they they were married for like thirteen or something, but they were married, but they were together for like twenty years. Like they got together like in ninety five. For sure, yeah. It was it was right around when Tragic Kingdom came out, and they exactly for Bush on tour because I remember going to see Bush in concert, and no doubt, and Veruca Salt were the opening acts. Veruca oh Salt, god. oh my god, Veruca Salt, my god, I love them. I I think they recently got back together, didn't they? Like they finally la- after after all their stuff. I think they did actually record a, a new album. I, I I can't say I I listened to it. I. I, I should I should try streaming. I mean, that. I, I I was always a big Nina Gordon fan. Her her um her solo album that she did like um um tonight and the rest of my life like that song is still like so good to me. Like it's like one of those great like even though they use it in terrible movie trailers like that was just like a really great song. 
Yeah. Now yeah. we're just riffing and rambling. Oh, okay. I know. We should we should do a 90s throwback episode. I love that. Uh, I would not be able to participate. You, no, no, no. We'll, we'll tell we'll, we'll we'll let you talk about Nickelodeon. Oh, yay. Okay. So and, you're and, aware and that Channel. my parents didn't really let me watch a lot of TV when I was a kid, right? Okay, oh. fine. Then you can talk about the books you read and you can talk about you, you can tell us what it was like to be in 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 elementary school in the 90s, <laughs> in the late 90s. <laughs> I was I'll talk in elementary about what school. It was like to be a loser. Cuz high school in the uh, 90s was awesome. <sighs> it was a pretty awesome time. Did you wear like little chokers and uh I wore a lot know, of plaid. tall pants? A lot of plaid, a lot of lot of Doc Martens. Yeah, lots of a lot of body suits. I, I was I was a, I was in elementary school, middle school, and high school in the in the nineties. So wow. I went through the full spectrum. That's you covered it all. I yeah. did actually. I did I, completely cover it all. What was that show that you recommended to me? And I watched the first episode, and it was good. But then I was lazy. The, the my soul called life. My soul called oh life. I need to watch that to do research. That is so. You do. Jared Leto will forever be Jordan Catalano to uh, he, I I agree completely. I mean, whenever I see him, that's my first thought. I'm like, you're not Jared. You're Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like it, it, it likes his, his eyes. It likes it, it, it's like he, it hurts to look at the world. <laughs> yeah. He was such a broody high schooler. Oh my god, he was so hot. People, yeah. even though he was like twenty two, show are disgusted by jo- by Jared oh, Leto. You guys, people I can share like for it are disgusted by Jared Leto, but the people who experienced it really enjoy him. So, so this is going to be where our age discrepancy really comes to affect Simone because you're not going to care about this, but but Sabrina, I think you will. So tomorrow, as we record this, we're recording this on a Wednesday, as always. I'm going to be having lunch um, with. Uh, Jared my Leto. childhood, no, no, <laughs> with, 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 the, with the first person I ever fell in love with. <gasps> Mark Paul Gossler. <gasps> Zach Morris. Love yes. It. Hold on. Hold on. You know what? He aged amazingly. So well. Oh, he's still, oh, he's been oh, working yeah. the whole time. He looks all right now than he did then. I've, oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's beautiful. Yeah. Um, he is so, so it's some sort of a media lunch for his uh, TV show on NBC. And oh, I'm going, awesome. I'm, I'm mostly going just because I need to be able to tell 10 year old me that I met Zach Morris. <laughs> Well, I hope you're not disappointed because I'll tell you when I met the new kids on the block, a mm, little disappointing. I've heard that he's very nice. He apparently does not like to talk about Stay by the Bell, which I totally understand and respect. Um, but he's very happy to talk about NYPD Blue, which frankly is better for me hey. because we saw his butt in NYPD Blue. So, oh. <laughs> Is that how you're going to open I think it is. Like, I think we'd be like, so I've seen your ass. <laughs> well done. Would you like to see mine just so we're on even keel here? No, no. We're both married and he has children. That's I wouldn't do fair. that. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I'm looking up. I, I googled Mark Paul Gossler young and uh, he looks like a little nerd. Uh, but he does. No, I will he, concede he that he looks Morris. very good he, now. Yeah. I mean, he, you, you never watched Save by the Bell Simone? exceptionally well. And oh, here we go. Saved by the Bell college years. All right. All right. Love wait, him. I mean, wait, I mean, like you never watched Save of the Bell, Simone? No. What the hell is wrong with you? That is think? so nineties. Like that is really like a nineties teen sitcom. You have but, to, watch. but they still aired on MTV too. Like it still aired all the time. Like kids today still know what the show is. So I'm shocked about you, Simone. Simone, like, I, you've I don't seen get Clueless, you. right? Because that is yes, yes. That and God, Reality yes. Bites are the two movies that I would say were my nineties. Were the nineties. Yeah, yeah, reality bites for sure, but clueless too. No, we when Clueless turned twenty, we had like a, a very long discussion about it, Sabrina, because oh. that's like my favorite movie ever. Amazing. Who was it? Tiffany Tyson or Tyson? Tiffany Amber Thiessen. She was Kelly. She dropped the Amber when she went on She dropped the Amber No no she was on Iron Twin. She still oh, kept sorry, the Amber. She didn't, she, she didn't drop the Amber until a couple of years ago. 
Oh, okay. She kept the amber for a long time, and uh, she will still be Tiffany Amber to me, but uh, um, but she's dropped it. Now, she was on the, some USA show, um, and she dropped the amber, but oh, uh, yeah. white collar. White collar, exactly. Yeah. She looked really good in the 90s. She was. Yes, she did. I'm in a, well, I'm in a she, Google well, well, she and Zach were, 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 were the power couple. Oh, so yeah. It was, it, she, it was she Zach and Kelly. Also she does. Really well. Uh, look, if you look in Skype, Simone, I'm, I'm showing you some photos of, of my you. first love. Oh, my God. Take that away from me. Why? Is that how he's going to look at you tomorrow? I hope so. <laughs> I had so many posters of this guy, like, you don't even know. Okay, so, like, <laughs> that's what you're doing later this week. Uh, is that there is anything what I'm else you'd like week. to mention? Uh, that's all I can mention for now. Christina's <laughs> just dropping more photos in Skype. Uh, um, he was so good looking, you guys, and okay, he's still good so good looking. Oh, what I want to know is what happened to Lark Voorhees? Have you seen her lately? Yeah, she. Uh, well, apparently she's like got massive problems, and I think so she's really bad to be for her. Artist for sure. Yeah, for for definitely sure. <laughs> so I'm about to show you a more recent one of him, Simone, and he still looks so good. I have to put these all in the show links. You realize? Oh. I do. <laughs> they're, they're actually oh, yeah, probably yeah, okay. one of the cast that aged the best. I yeah. would say out of That's teen fair. shows. Oh, he totally, yeah, the, all of them did. I mean, the Except ones that matter. Except for Burries and Dustin Diamond. I but think no one cares about them either. Really yeah, well. no, just, no, Elizabeth Berkeley looks amazing. Uh, Mario Lopez obviously looks really good. Uh, Tiffany Thiessen looks great. And, and and Mark Paul looks amazing. No, they all look really, really good. Um, and building uh, looks like these days. Oh, he, oh he's, <laughs> he's gotten, he's gained a lot of weight. He doesn't look very good. Oh, no. Oh, uh, well. Poor guy. I feel, I feel bad for him. But, uh. It was all. Yeah. It was all about Zach Morris. Who are we kidding? And his eyebrows. It really was all about Zach Morris. He was my very like. He was. I fell. In, I was so in love with him. Like you don't even know. Like like me as like a little kid. I was. Oh my god, ten years old. Like I. I'm pretty had sure he was of the first person I saw on TV with a cell phone. Oh yeah, I'm sure he was. He, he had was, the giant was... brick, like you know, nineties, <laughs> like early nineties cell phone. Yeah, Pasting totally an image of that in for that. you, Simone. Thank you, thank you. Oh my God, what is that? Yeah, that what was a, that was that? a cell phone. In, that was a cell phone in 1989, Simone. Oh, did you I find it? Born? Yeah, yeah, I did. This that was yeah, a cell phone I in 1989. But I swear, I think that was the first time I was I like saw somebody like in in, in like a TV TV show or, or movie in a TV show. A cell phone. Like I think I saw it in Wall phone. Street, obviously. In what, yeah, in what pocket did he? Oh, yeah, no, Gordon had one, but it was a car phone. Gordon. It was Wasn't well. It? No, he he yeah. he had a cell phone and a car phone. Okay. Um, there were bag phones which my father had. So my my oh, yeah. my parents had cell phones. My dad had one of the bag phones. Yeah. That you would have to carry around. Yeah, Wall Street. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. like walking around with a defibrillator or something. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, Sabrina. Can you imagine? <laughs> Sabrina, what are you up to this week besides imagining carrying a brick in oh. your pocket? for a cell phone i'm uh well we're releasing our app and uh so we're gonna be doing you know a little bit of uh tweet storming and and social media kind of storming tomorrow and uh then we're looking at a a nice kind of relaxing weekend a little bit nice so um i mean it's thursday tomorrow guys thursday friday we're gonna wind the week down and (laughs) no hopefully we have a good launch and and um that's nothing really too exciting. I wish uh, I wish I was doing something more. <laughs> Every time I hear about somebody having like a nice weekend at home, I'm like, yes, yes, get some, do it, enjoy I that think, couch time. 
Yeah, I think yep. last weekend was Thanksgiving for us. Like I was gone Friday night, Sunday night, Monday night. It's like this weekend I just want to chill out, watch Walking Dead. I respect just, that and I respect yeah. you. Yeah. That's what I want to do. <laughs> what are you doing this weekend, uh, Simone? That's exactly what this what week? I'm doing. Uh, I, I had a few days. I, I had a friend come into town, so I took a few days off last week uh, when we – except for Geek Girl Con, which was awesome. And I actually – somebody took audio of our panel, which was – Super exciting. So our panel, it was on problematic media and just discussing issues and representation in media. And we come downstairs to the panel room to go in. And there's this, this crowd, this huge crowd. And we're like, oh, God. Oh, God. And they so the story is they had to cap the line 10 minutes before the panel officially let in because it was too long. People were turned away at the door because there was no space in the room. It Completely packed room. Um, it was a great talk. I have it on good authority. Thank you, Annie, who attends every single panel I do, that it was probably our best yet. And there is audio of it. Uh, I believe it's just partial audio up on YouTube, and I'm going to put it in the show notes. Um, I had to moderate it at the last second because we lost a participant. So everything you'll hear me say is improvised. Um, but apparently... I'm pretty smart. So that went well. Uh, and I, I'm just, I'm so excited about that. And for the rest of the weekend, you know, I had people come recognizing me from the panel and being like, hey, I loved your words. And I got to yell about Catherine, which is one of my favorite games. Um, it was a very good weekend. And then for the rest of this week, I'll just be catching up on all the stuff that I wasn't doing because I was gone for four days. So that that's what I'll be up to. And uh, playing Minecraft story mode, which I am really excited for. Uh, it just came out on Tuesday. So I'm going to experience Telltale's first children's game and laugh. That sounds great. Thank you. I, I love my life. It's good. It's a good life. Even though you know, I didn't experience Mark Paul Gossler at a, at a young age, I still like to think of myself as a fully formed human. Ooh. I know. I don't know about that. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, being, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to be real with you right now, Simone. I, I genuinely don't know. Well, I guess, I mean, we'll see. You're, you're still sending me images. I am. I, feel, oh I my just God. sent you one of Zach. That was the power couple of the 1990s, Zach and Kelly. <laughs> this, this explains so much about my, my own emotional hangups. I, I didn't have Kelly and Zach. To look up to no, you as didn't. A child, I as mean, a ten year old, or to crush over like one or both of them because they're both, both, both. exactly. I was gonna say because they're both equally <laughs> just amazing. Well, it was sort of like a Pacey Dawson thing. It was like who do yes. you like, Zach or or it really wasn't. It really wasn't. It really wasn't a Pacey Dawson thing or a Ben Noel thing. It was really a Zach Kelly thing because you might have thought Slater was hot, but like he had Jesse to be with, so That's it was like whatever. True. I mean, That's we all wanted Zach and Kelly to be together. We know that. I mean, like, I don't think anybody rooted for Zach and for Slater and Kelly. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I mean, there, there may, maybe it's a Pacey Dawson thing over like which one you thought was hotter. Yeah, but, yeah. But, like, but, like, but yeah, I hate that who guy. Your favorite like One Directioner is or like exactly. Is, yeah. well, uh, well, right, exactly. Formerly Zane. No one has a favorite direction or any, One Directioner anymore because Zane is gone and he was the hottest. Uh, Niall, we all know it. Niall's have you okay. seen Niall? Have you seen Niall lately? Niall, uh, Niall, like lately looks so good. Is he like I feel it? like a child blaster even saying that he is. He's like looks so good. Right. Like at the concert, I was like back to Google. I was, like, Do you guys yeah. think One Direction's done? I think they're done. 
I think oh, they're every, totally done. Every boy band has to go yeah. their own separate ways, unless you're a K-pop unless band. It, it no, so or the, or the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> okay. Or the Backstreet Boys. It was five years. It was a long time. Or the Backstreet Boys, because the Backstreet Boys uh, are still together and and touring and Elena. it's. Uh, yeah, once they realize that they won't make any money as solo, solo doing anything, they'll get well, back together. Or, It'll be great. Or 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 you're Donnie Wahlberg and you get divorced and your wife gets half your money and you're like, okay, you know how I've been putting on this NKOTB thing for all this time. Yeah, about that. I need to get paid. <laughs> you know who so I'm gonna go was on some tours. that wouldn't tour? It was Jonathan. John that wouldn't tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah John, he- John didn't want to tour, but then he also realized, well, what am I going to do? Plus, plus, I think he was a little mad at Lance for, like, stealing his, like, gay boy band gay or thunder. thunder. <laughs> yeah, and he was a real estate agent, which is, like, boring. Come on. Although, uh, he was always my... Yeah, I always thought he was the cutest one in, in, in KOTB. Oh, I always thought John, John was the cutest. I was a Joey fan. Oh, no, actually, you know what? I, I'm, you're right. I was a Joey fan, too. Joey was, I like, was the best. I was Joey McIntyre all the way. Uh, the guy I dated in in, in high school, uh, he Ew. was in college. He looked a lot like um, Joey McIntyre did at that, like, wow. like when Joey McIntyre was, like, older. Oh my Neither God. of you get to say anything to me anymore. I'm Googling these people, and I don't understand you. <laughs> no, Joey McIntyre was really, really good looking when he was, like, when he did his solo career. Okay, yeah. give, me, give me a year. Give me a year. In, like the step by step. Oh, I got you one. Uh, try, like, around, like, 99 or 89, 90. Well, I was actually going to say 99 when he was trying his solo career. He was actually pretty oh, good looking. Oh, okay. 19, I, like, I was going way back from like to when I was like in elementary school. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, when I was in elementary school, I thought he was really cute too. But like it was when he was older. Okay. Um, I'm still not, well, remember I'm when not he there was on yet. The first season of Dancing with the Stars. Oh, my God. I do. Oh, my God. So funny. And I actually just sent one of those links to my boss. Oh, whoops. Whoopsie. <laughs> 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 Wrong Skype chat. <laughs> yep okay so on that note uh okay christina where can we find you online um you can find me really embarrassed uh as, as film underscore girl you can find me like really delete embarrassed it. delete it i'm trying to figure out how i can delete it in skype <laughs> no in, in iMessage. Oh no uh yeah i sorry i don't have any help for you there it was very important we are having a very serious discussion on uh, media history <laughs> yeah New Kids on Very the Backstreet Boys, all, the, all those classic, classic bands. Now, uh, retro, I think you could call them vintage, um, has been. Sorry, ladies. Uh, okay. Film yeah. underscore girl is where you can find Christina on Twitter. You can find her. And dying of embarrassment. I'm sorry. <laughs> you would have found I her work on Nashville, but Christina is dead now. We, we have to say goodbye to her. Uh, <laughs> she had a good yep. run. She wrote a lot of interesting pieces, one of which is the iMac review, which we talked about today. You should check it out on Mashable.com. It's a great review. I love the video. <laughs> it, was, it was so cute. Um, yeah. And your shirt. Oh, my God. Those colors pop so well. I know. It was so fall. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Sabrina, where can we find you online? At Sabby Wood on Twitter. Heck yes. And your website URL. Um, uh, well, why don't you check out rudoku.com? Heck yeah. And, you know, that'll take you to the right places. Yeah. And we have all this stuff in the show notes too. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar. I finally found my Halloween name field. It's Skeleton Rochefort, which I was really sad. I had to take out the DE because the, um, the, it was too long, but, and I feel very uncomfortable about that. I tried to work around it, but I couldn't. So Skeleton Rochefort. You, you listeners know it should be skeleton de Roche fright, de Roche fry, cr- really, if we're doing the French accent. But, um, yep. So 
that is us this week. If you like this show, please go review us on iTunes. We super duper appreciate it. And thank you so much, Sabrina, for joining us. This was oh, really fun. I feel like you this and was so great. are best friends now. Oh, I, it totally I loved hard. it. I, I feel like we're like, what do you call it? Sisters from another mister? Mrs. Yes. <laughs> Seems accurate. I think I totally botched that. But yeah, no, I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. And I have to say thanks to Brianna for, for hooking me up with you guys, because I've known her, uh, you know, online and on the Internet for a few years. We finally met at, at WWDC this year. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, she put me in touch with, with the show. Yeah, I'm so it's glad great. that you were able to join us. Awesome. All right. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. <laughs>